Good morning, people of hope. My name is Pastor Stephen. We are in our series, Then Sings My Soul, exploring the scriptures behind our favorite time-tested songs. This morning is the hymn that the Library of Congress calls the best-known hymn. Yes, this is Amazing Grace. Its author had an eye-opening encounter with Jesus. And so we are pairing it with an eye-opening encounter from Scripture. Paul, a.k.a. Saul, in Acts 22. Let's start our journey as all journeys should. Let's pray. Gracious God, you are with us. You are always with us. And yet, too often we fail to have eyes to see. Open our eyes to the amazing grace that you are pouring out lavishly over our lives. That we may praise you. That we may tell our stories of amazing grace for all to hear. We pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, you, Lord, and all God's church said, Amen. It's strange blindness. You take sight for granted 30-some-odd years of vivid green leaves, dusty tan gravel, hazy red sunsets, then, bam, pitch black. He hasn't seen anything since the day before yesterday. A rooster's crow wakes him up. It must be sunrise. He opens his eyes as wide as he can. Nothing. He shuts them tight, opens again. It's no use. What happened? He'd been traveling along that gravel road. Somehow he ended up in the ditch. There was that stranger seemingly wrapped in light, that voice that seemed to pierce his soul. Then, bam, pitch black. Two friends gave him a lift back into town. Who was that stranger in the ditch? There's some murmuring outside the door. Ananias, don't go in. That's Saul in there. He arrests Christians like you. He held the coats as they murdered Stephen. The wooden door creaks open. The sunlight he can't see warms his skin. The voice is close now. Brother Saul, my name is Ananias. Jesus met you on that road. See and believe. Saul's memories start flooding back. That was Jesus on that gravel highway. Although Saul's eyes are blind for the first time, he can see. Ananias, I believe. Immediately something like scales fall from his eyes. His sight returns. He enters the waters of baptism. His sins are washed away. Saul had been a murder accomplice. He'd been a blind man, but when he met Jesus, he became a story of amazing grace.
grace. That was AD 36. It's now AD 56. 20 years have passed. Saul returns to Jerusalem, to the city where Christ was crucified, the city where he held the coats as Stephen was murdered. He returns to tell his eye-opening story. Acts 22, verse 3. Saul says, I am a Jew, born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city. I studied under Gamaliel and was thoroughly trained in the law of our ancestors. I was just as zealous for God as any of you are today. Saul grew up in Tarsus, a college town on the southeast coast of what's now modern-day Turkey. This college town, roughly 100,000 people, was a lot like Fargo, if Fargo was on the Mediterranean coast with moderate weather year-round. Back then, the scriptures weren't just in the schools. They were the schools. Every Jew studied Torah, what they called the first five books of our Bible today. That was grade school. The best and the brightest, they went on to study the entire Tanakh, what we call our Old Testament today. That is high school. And then the best and brightest of those students, they go on to study with a rabbi. That's like college. But the best and brightest of the best and brightest, they become Pharisees, doctors of the law. That's Saul. Philippians 3, 5, circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a what? Pharisee. All that education made him smart, but it didn't make him wise. He fell in with a radical Jewish mob. Saul continues, Acts 22, verse 4, I persecuted the followers of this way to their death, arresting both men and women and throwing them in prison. As the high priest and all the council can themselves testify, I even obtained letters from them to their associates in Damascus and went there to bring these people as prisoners to Jerusalem to be punished. Saul didn't just hunt Christians in Jerusalem. He traveled 130 miles north on an exposed gravel highway to persecute Christians in Damascus. That's like walking from here to Canada just to throw some Canadian Christians behind bars. Saul didn't mind the walk, however. It gave him time to pray. The trend in Saul's day was to pray the Shema, a Jewish prayer, under his breath while contemplating Ezekiel's vision of the Lord on his throne. This trend, called Merkaba mysticism, had one goal, to see Ezekiel's vision, to see God in his glory, to see the Lord face to face. So there Saul was traveling the Damascus road, 
praying under his breath, imagining God in his glory. He's six days into the journey when it happened. Verse 6, about noon, as I came near Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me. A light so bright it blotted out the noonday sun. I fell to the ground and heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? This was the moment he had been waiting for. This was the light. As Saul stumbled to the ground, his stack of arrest warrants for Christians in Damascus spills out all over the dirt and thistle. The radiant light consumes everything. The light. Ezekiel saw like the appearance of a rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day. So was the radiance around him, Ezekiel prophesied. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. When I saw it, Ezekiel says, I fell face down and I heard the voice of one speaking. Radiant light. Check. Face plant. Check. Heavenly voice. Check. This is it. This is the moment Saul would meet the Lord face to face. And so verse 8. Who are you, Lord? I asked. I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting, he replied. What a plot twist. Saul, who hunted down Christians searching for the face of God, found the face of God in Jesus, whom he was persecuting. Verse 9, my companions saw the light, but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. What shall I do, Lord? I asked. Get up, the Lord said, and go into Damascus. There you will be told all that you have been assigned to do. My companions led me by the hand into Damascus because the brilliance of the light had blinded me. A man named Ananias came to see me. He was a devout observer of the law, highly respected by all the Jews living there. He stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very moment, I was able to see him. The name Ananias means God is gracious. Ananias lived up to his name. You see, Saul came to Damascus to arrest Christians like Ananias. And yet, instead of chaining him to a post... Ananias gives him a hand up. He calls him brother. And by the grace of God, through the grace of Ananias, Saul can see. Words fail to express how he felt in this moment. His heart sang. Something like this. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. 
that's not the end of Saul's story. It's just the beginning. Acts twenty two fourteen. Then he said, The God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear words from his mouth. You will be his witness to all people of what you have seen and heard. And now, what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and wash away your sins, calling on his name. Saul shares the story of his baptism, the hour he first believed. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, my fears relieved. How precious did that Saul didn't convert to Christianity because conversion implies changing religions. Saul had always sought after the God of the Jews. On the Damascus Road, he finally found him. Saul explains, Jesus didn't come to start a new religion. Jesus is the God of our ancestors. He came to finish what he started. Verse 21, the Lord said to me, go, I will send you far away to the Gentiles. Saul went. He started going by his Greek name, Paul. He planted over a dozen churches. He wrote letters to the Galatians, Thessalonians, Corinthians. And after 20 years of following Jesus, Saul a.k.a. Paul, returned to Jerusalem, where he now stands before the Jewish mob he once joined. He knows he'll be arrested, or worse, for sharing his story. But he shares it anyway, because stories of amazing grace need to be shared. The Lord has promised me His word, my hope, secures He will my shield and portion As long as life Saul's story. How do we live what we've learned? 
It's all about amazing grace. The song Amazing Grace was written by John Newton. Growing up in 18th century England, Newton was the son of a sailor. His father taught him everything that he knew, from rigging to sail handling to anchoring, even maritime law. Newton threw himself into the sailor's life, wasting wages on wine and women. He went wherever the money was, eventually entering the slave trade. That's when the storm hit. A storm so severe, no sailor could survive it on their own. He cried out to God for rescue. God turned his ship and his life around. He immediately quit the slave trade. He entered the seminary. He wrote Amazing Grace as a testimony to how God saved a wretch like him. Saul's story is a story of amazing grace. Newton's story is a story of amazing grace. I bet, if you think about it, your story is a story of amazing grace too. How has God opened your eyes? How has God calmed your storms? Tell your story, because stories of amazing grace need to be shared. Amen. Gracious God, you have given each of us a story of amazing grace. You've opened our eyes, you've calmed our storms time and again. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear all that you are doing in our lives. Give us courage to speak, bravery to go, and tell our stories. For stories of amazing grace need to be shared. We praise you. We pray this in the name of you, Lord, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all God's church said, Amen. Amen.